Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Well, hello and thank you for joining us. Got a great show for you today. We are Computer and Technology Radio. I am Mark Cohen and she is Marsha Collier. Got some interesting stories today like... We don't know when you're going to die, but we can probably tell you when your tech's going to die. Uh, we've got some Starlink <laughs> news. Uh, well, maybe we can tell them when they're going to die. And uh, end of life on Epson's printers. So we'll find out what that's all about. Uh, hello, Marsha, and how are you? How you doing, Mark? Uh, my, I am good. Uh, my COVID throat still isn't going away. <laughs> Yikes. This has been, what, how a f- month now? Uh, yeah, it's about a month. And yet everybody, I was just in a meeting earlier, and I commented about the sore throat thinking maybe i have something worse and everybody said oh no that that sore throat lasts about a month yeah right. great yeah well yep you're on a month now so uh hopefully it's going to be over with soon crazy yeah yeah um, it is so here's some news about you know it seems like every time we're on the year there's another story about starlink and um This is a little concerning because they're trying to expand. And I think I actually talked to somebody for the first time who lives in Montana who has Starlink service. And he says it's phenomenal. He gets 500 megabits per second. So that, you know, that was an encouraging thing to to hear. But the problem is they need to get these satellites up in the air. So the FCC has canceled an $886 million for funding for the SpaceX Starlink. Holy cow. I mean, almost a billion dollars. They tentatively awarded it in December 2020, but now they're pulling it, citing Starlink's high cost to uh, consumers, rather, and doubts about the speed. So they're canceling that contract. Uh, The agencies today said they were rejecting the long-form application for both SpaceX and an ISP called LTD Broadband, to secure funding for the FCC's Rural Digital Opportunities Fund, so which is meant for obviously for you know rural areas. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna have a story later in the show talking about how how people are solving that. But this is a question, Mark. Uh, how does this affect the Starlink? Now, I don't, is Starlink a public company? Or, or well, uh, it's SpaceX. SpaceX yeah, a it's public SpaceX. company? No, I don't believe SpaceX is public. Just Tesla. So how is this? So how is this going to affect Elon, where he was selling all kinds of stock to you know to buy Twitter and what's going to happen? Yeah, this is a big blow. Eight hundred eighty-six million. I mean, when they tentatively awarded it back in twenty twenty, it was intended to provide six hundred forty-two thousand locations in thirty-five states. Uh, it came with a requirement that SpaceX were to provide a long-form application about how Starlink would meet its obligation before they get the funding. So uh, the FCC's goal was to get gigabit, uh, gigabit internet speeds over 85% of the rural locations and at least 100 megabits for 99.7% of the other people, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's more than sufficient to do whatever you need to do. Uh, but they're now saying they're not convinced that SpaceX can meet those goals uh, with their advertised speeds of 50 to 200 megabits per second. And the other question is that it's it's considered to be expensive. It's 110 a month, uh, and you pay 600 bucks, 599 for a one-time fee just to get the dish. So, you know, while I think this is going to work That's well, crazy. yeah, they're going to have to come up with another billion dollars to do this that they thought they were going to get previously. 
So we'll see what happens. But, you know, it seems to be a good alternative other than the recent stories we heard about, you know, it, it dropping down from 100 to, um, you know, 5 megabits or 3 megabits per second. I so mean, that, that that's terrible. And that's quite a blow to the company, really. I mean, I, I don't know how they're going to how are they going to survive that? I mean, when you sign up with Starlink, you ha Starlink, you have to purchase a six hundred dollar dish. Yeah, that's expensive. That, that's for a most lot. People. It is a lot. And you know, so many people they say they've been using the Okla speed test, mm -hmm. showing Starlink speeds have been declining from the last quarter of twenty twenty one to the second quarter of twenty twenty two. Yeah. I mean, this is not good. And plus, I've read another story, is that people can hack Starlink terminals. Yeah, that's um, not good. A researcher uh, spent $25 in parts to create a tool that allows custom code to run on the satellite dishes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> whoa. I mean, that is dangerous. Uh, to access the satellite dishes software, he physically stripped down a dish he purchased and created a custom hacking tool that can be attached to the Starlink dish. The hacking tool, which is a custom circuit board known as a mod chip, uses off-the-shell parts. So once attached to the Starlink dish, uh, the homemade printed circuit board was able to launch a fault injection attack, which temporarily shorted the system. And that helped bypass Starlink security protections. I mean, I'm not that deep into hacking, but this right. is insane. The guy put his hacking tool open source on GitHub so people can see it. But this is, this is insane. So I don't know between this news and both of these stories came out yesterday, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with yeah. Starlink? I and mean, all I that, don't know. All that crap in space. Well, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, Elon's going to figure a way. I mean, this has got to be somewhat of an ego thing for him, as are most of his projects. So right. I would suspect that he's not going to let it go. He's not going to just drop Starlink. Uh, but we'll see, I guess. I mean, he's got to come up with another billion dollars. And well, it ain't know, cheap to put those satellites up. Uh, no, the satellites are insane. So... I came, I've, I found this other story, which I thought of you immediately. Mark, I think this is something you need to do personally. Okay. Right. Okay. So there's a guy who lives in rural Michigan. Mm -hmm. He's got the same internet problems as you. Yep. I mean, they only have about, let me see, 70 customers. Okay. Um, in his area. But so what he's wanted to do is he couldn't get decent broadband from AT&T or Comcast. Surprise, right. surprise. So yep. he's expanding. He applied for a government grant and Great got $2.6 million. You know, this is what you guys should do. In, yeah, you got in my neighborhood, IT yeah. guy that's retired, you know, think about it. So at first he was uh, providing service to about 30 rural homes, including his own. And now he's got about 70 customers and he extends the, he's planning on extending the network to nearly 600 more properties with money from the American Rescue Plan's coronavirus state and local fiscal recovery funds. Fantastic. I mean, th this is amazing. And now the U.S. government allocated his county, 
$71 million for a variety of infrastructure projects, and they've devoted a portion of that to broadband. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. so this this little guy um, putting together, you know, he filled out, uh, for those of you who don't know and have the tech ability to do all this, um, when government money becomes available, usually you'll see something called an RFP. That means mm -hmm. a request for proposal. So you put your proposal and your project all together and you submit it by the date and you can find these, just look up RFP and your community, your city, your state. Right. And if there's something like this, so the RFP he saw was to wire up addresses that were known to be unserved or underserved based on the existing survey. And now the man is charging $55 a month for 100 megabits per second Fantastic. with unlimited data. Yep. Un unlimited. And he said it will cost over, there are two homes where he had to build a half mile of fiber to get to the house. Okay. Now, those two homes will cost over 30000 each. Wow. But just as any business should do, he amortizes that cost, right, over the other customers who don't cost as much. Right, he right. Got, he got the grant. The whole point is to give smart guy. sparsely populated rural areas internet. This so is great. I mean, he, yeah. <laughs> the fees guy, are cheap. You know, yep. what, what he, he says he can do one gigabyte unlimited data for $79 a month. I mean, that's phenomenal. I got to call this I mean, guy and ask him if you come to my neighborhood. No, I'm serious, Mark. You yeah. got to, uh, really. Uh, what is first, Jared Mouch. And he's wow. from M-A-U-C-H, and he's from Michigan. And go, Jared. We are so yeah. proud of you. Very I impressed. Mean, but you see, the money was there. The technology is simple. Right. I mean, if you want to lay fiber, all you need is a backhoe and permission to dig, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not rocket science. It isn't even a fancy project to put together. Now, he still has his own regular job as a net network architect at Akami. Um, and he started planning to build his own network about five years ago when he couldn't get uh, modern service from any of the ISPs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just, this is amazing. And just like you, um, Comcast once told him that it would charge him $50,000 to extend the cable to his house. How mm -hmm. much did they say that it would cost you to get cable to your house? Well, we, we don't even know because it was our homeowners association years ago, met with them. We went down the line. We probably have, I don't know, 100 homes in our community. So, you know, they, there is enough there to make sense. And we got through to negotiations. And then all of a sudden, at the last minute, he said, nah, we're not going to do that. And that was a number well, of years ago. Well, the thing is, he, their community said they would have gone with Comcast if they only wanted $10,000 right. to bring the fiber. Right. But they stuck with the $50,000 per house. Well, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me. I mean, that just, you know, the, the gouging people left and right, and that's just... You know, and Comcast, uh, by the way, demands these upfront fees for line extensions when customers are outside of a network area, even if the rest of the neighborhood already has Comcast service. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, wow. Well, 
Yeah, Bravo, I'm going to look into this. This is something you can do. We know a bunch of nerds out there. You guys, you guys out there, this is a way to make some money. Just Google Jared Mouch, M-A-U-C-H, I-S-P. And the story is even bigger than we have time to give you. Yeah, because, great story. Uh, yeah, it's a great story and good for him. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, Meta, formerly known as Facebook, how long do we have to do that before people know that Meta was Facebook? And I don't even, I don't even know why they had to change it, but okay. So um, a Meta apparently expanded their test of end-to-end encryption features in Messenger. Now, mess- now, end-to-end encryption, for those of you who know, what, don't know, if, and it's been used a lot by WhatsApp, is that if I send which you is something, also owned by Meta, which is also right, which is also owned by Meta, uh, if I send Marsha a WhatsApp message, it only goes to Marsha. If she sends it back to me, it only goes to me. It's not read by th- supposedly, not reportedly. read by is it reportedly by WhatsApp or anybody. It can't be hacked into, and it stays there. Now, the only fallacy to that, if you were someone that sent a an end-to-end encrypted message to someone else, there's no guarantee that that person is deleting it on their end. But I assume you're doing it with people you, you trust. So apparently... Or, uh, or, or that it's end-to-end encryption. In other right. words, once it lands at one end and is at the other end, it's there. It's yeah, on right. the servers. It's not... Uh, encrypted off of the servers. It still exists. Well, their claim is that they don't receive it on their servers, that when you send a message, nobody can read it but you and I. So if I send to you, you send to me. Nobody can read it. And an encryption means that's it. It only goes to two people. Now, allegedly, that's supposed to be the way it works and that WhatsApp won't have it stored, that nobody stores it. But who knows, you know. And supposedly, yeah, this is for Messenger, too. So now should I give you the kicker? Yeah. Okay. This is a desperately chilling story. Just picture the police raiding a home, a teenager and her mother arrested, fetal remains exhumed from a rural burial plot. Yeah, this is horrible. Police dragged off a 17-year-old Nebraska girl and charged her and her mother with self-administering a miscarriage. They were armed with damning documents they could only access through the incompetence and cooperation of Meta. This is a Mm. current story. Mm -hmm. Uh, The conversation between the mother and daughter over Facebook Messenger, um, they discussed it, the whole thing. Um... After police obtained a warrant for the girl's Facebook data, they used the information the company provided to apply for a second search warrant to raid her home. Wow. The application for that warrant included quotes from the pair's messengers' conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, things like, are we starting it today? And, yeah, I got the pill that stops the hormones. I, I, I'm not going to keep reading you the details, but they had in their uh, warrant the words from their messenger conversation you and know, that second the, warrant allowed them to not only search the family's home but to collect any electronic devices medications and other records this is insane this is actually 1984 all over again you know big brother watching you and and it's frightening and frankly if you want to have a conversation that you don't want anyone to know about 
the only alternative that I can think of, Marsha, is go meet your friend in the middle of a field in Kansas, make sure there aren't any drones flying overhead, and just speak to each other. Well, do you still I'm, have that can and a string that comes to yeah. mind? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we used to, Marsha and I, when we started the show, yeah, we just have this can with a with a little, uh, you know, kite wire and uh, talk to each other. There's probably a way to hack that now, too. But this is frightening stuff, and you just, nothing is private. There is nothing that is private. You I know, mean, this, it, it just, Messenger creates this false sense of privacy, and, and as you heard from what Mark just said, um, purportedly everything is encrypted, but still visible to Meta staff and anyone with a valid warrant. Yeah, right. <laughs> so- and, oh, yeah. And that's all. No, no, nobody of any importance. Right. Let me. Yeah. I, let so, me tell you something. Wired we, well, said. Yeah. What? Well, no. Go, go ahead. ahead. Finish what you're saying. No, I was going to say Wired said that Facebook built its message encryption feature to fail. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now you That's were going frighten- to say. Frightening. Well, no, what I was going to tell you is years ago for distinguished speakers that I host here in L.A., I hosted Leon Panetta. Leon Panetta was the former head of the CIA. And I was talking to him, and I said, you know, do you send out a lot of emails? He said, I never email anything. I have never used an email since I started at the CIA, and I never will send an email. This is from the head of the CIA. So makes you wonder, uh, us yahoos out here, you know, WhatsApp and Facebook and and emails and everything. The head of the CIA isn't using electronic uh, conversations. Maybe you shouldn't either. Okay, so I think that's probably, Marsha, a good piece of advice. Watch who you talk to, how you talk. Don't talk on landlines. Don't talk on cell lines. I don't know. Don't talk on your cameras. I mean, it, it's getting to the point where you really can't talk to anybody anymore, and that that's kind of scary and sad. Well, the thing is, I've started just talking to people on phone, and when it's uh, with a business, you know how they always say, you know, we record this for training? Yeah, right. Uh, with the minute they get on the phone, I say, I'm recording this as well so that I have all the facts straight. And if they don't agree to them, I tell them to send them. I tell them to send me an email. Um, I just, I'm not playing anymore. This is just, it's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, yeah, it really is tough. Um, okay, so what is the Samsung unpacked reveal? Well, back in the day. <laughs> When uh, I, I actually got invited to such things, but now they're online, so that's different. I honestly don't think it has the impact when it's not in real life, kind of like CES. Totally agree. You know, yep, I totally it's agree. It's not the same. Even the Apple things. I mean, to have them online, eh, I don't know. Okay, so Samsung did have an, the unpacked event, which is something they did. And so they have new stuff. Now, first off, the Galaxy Z Fold 4. I sent you a picture of that, Mark. Yeah, I see it. Doesn't doesn't that look like one of the old phones? You know, that... I, I was I was with a friend a, a couple of uh, a month or so ago, and I don't know which phone he had, but he had a Fold phone, and I looked and I went, I don't think so. I mean, it's easier to hold it in my pocket, sure, but I don't really care about having a Fold phone. You know, and. Uh, 
So I'm reading the description, more multitasking support and capabilities, upgraded camera system, support for the S Pen, lighter and slimmer design. When I read that, I thought, oh, it's got a cigarette lighter for weed. How nice, right? Built into the... But that is is not what they were talking about. Um, I want to tell everybody, you know, these things are announced and until they're in the hands of reviewers for a good length of time, you won't be able to get a legitimate review because, frankly, everything's fun and fast the minute it gets out of the box. So that's kind of like a the Fold 4 is kind of like the size of your phone now, only it folds across. But the way I'm seeing it, the, there's only a screen on one side. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I have no interest in a foldable phone. Maybe one day, maybe something will change my mind. But for the time being, I really have no interest in that. Now, the Galaxy Z Flip 4, I'm in love with. It's Now, that's like a Star Trek communicator or like mm-hmm. the Motorola Razor that we used to use. Remember? Yeah, that was a cool that, phone in the day. That's cool. So that, And so it has an enhanced cover screen, improved camera system, blah, blah, blah. But better than that... BTS was doing the promotions for it. <laughs> and you have these cute guys, you know, with the phone, and the phone is adorable, and they're adorable. And I got to tell you, I think the phone is very cool. So I might consider using it because I really don't like the bar phone, but there's no tablet I'm real happy with. So I'm going to stick with a bar phone for a while. But I, I definitely go to a, a format where it's like a flip phone where you can open it up like the old days. They yeah, announced the Galaxy Buds 2 Pro with surround sound, active noise cancellation, and moisture resistance with up to 30 hours of battery life, including its chargeable carrying case. And they look like earbuds. And I've been reading some of the reviews. Um... Their earbuds, I haven't heard anything fabulous about them. So I don't know. Let's give it time and wait till more reviews come out and we'll do them on the show because we'll have had enough information by then. And the Galaxy Watch 5 and Watch 5 Pro. Um, Enhanced sensors that monitor heart rate, blood oxygen levels, and stress. Well, you know, don't all the, don't they all do that? Yeah, in theory. Yeah, in theory. Yeah. I mean, you know, heart rate is really not that hard to measure. No, it's not. You no, have that little that. light. It just blinks, you know, it's on yeah. the back of your yeah. watch. Um, I'm just person and, and they are nice looking, but I'm just not interested in having a TV on my wrist. <laughs> bother that bothers me. I really don't. I'd rather have a nice, fashionable watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, obviously I use my Apple watch for exercise for multiple things. And I do like the fact that, you know, if my phone isn't next to me and I get a phone call, I can answer it. It's not ideal. You know, it's not the quality of a, of talking directly on your phone, but it's a nice feature to have and, you know, pick up a, a few things here and there. I check into my gym with my app on my phone, yeah. you know, you know, so there's some nice features to it, but it's yeah, my also- husband loves his too, uh, you know, and I have a couple of earlier, I have a Galaxy watch, I have a Huawei watch, I, and yeah. they're beautiful watches, but they're big. I've got a very small wrist, so I do use a uh, fitness band because that's all I care about, steps, yeah. 
heart rate, oxygen. That's pretty much all. Oh, and how I sleep, which I, yeah. I still don't believe that any of that is right. <laughs> no, I, you know, and I will say that I have always been my whole life a watch freak. I had a million different, I still do, they're sitting in the closet. I have beautiful watches. Yeah. I mean, I have some great watches. I never wear them anymore. Which well, I, I do. to some degree makes me sad, I do. you know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, do. I could go back. I definitely, I definitely do. But the funny thing is, sometimes my husband and I swap watches before we go to sleep, and right. I'll wear his Apple Watch, and he'll wear my fitness band, and then we compare the data to what it oh, said the night before. Yeah, and it's it, it's a toy. It's a toy, yeah. folks. This is not a medical device. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 That's fun to use. All right, Closing so the, the circles is fun, but yeah, anyway, exactly. so that's pretty much what they came out with. I understand there's going to be another Unpacked coming up, which will have tablets and maybe laptops, and I don't know about that, but it's interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm interested in seeing just how far people go with spending more money and more money and more money. Yeah. And I don't and see them more any better. Yeah. I don't yeah. see that they're any better, frankly. Yeah. Well, but, all right. So, look, you found a story, and I'm certain you made this up. This is absolutely fake news. I do not believe that Epson printers are programmed to stop working after a certain amount of uses. That's just appalling. You made that up, right? I know, right? Because we have two Epson printers. I have HP and Epson. That, that's who I use. And I, I love my Epson printers. I have a Canon printer, but I gave it to my daughter because frankly, seven ink cartridges are ridiculous. Oh, it goes through a lot of ink. It definitely does. Ah. And I have the Epson where it has the eco tank, which yep. is fabulous. Mm -hmm. um, you got a bottle of ink that you can just pour into a little hole. This <laughs> is like, thank you, God. But it seems some users have discovered that the hardware in their printers may be programmed to simply stop working if you use it too frequently. That's a little crazy. So that the is guy a crazy. that is a little crazy. And according to Substack, the self-bricking issue, which okay, the issue is that all of a sudden it will stop working. And it, it'll just out of the blue. And you can't bring it back to life or anything. Uh, is it a dead motor, faulty circuit board? No, the error message was related to the porous pads inside the printer that collect and contain excess ink. Seems these pads wear out over time. So technically there's potential risk of property damage from ink spills or damage to the printer itself. Mm -hmm. um, usually other components in the printer wear out before these pads do or consumers do upgrade to a better model, but they're making such great printers now. Why do you want to upgrade? So if you have the, these models, the self-bricking issue affects the Epson L130, L220, L310, L360, and the L365 models, but it could you know, affect other models as well. Right. Because uh, these date back as long as five years. Now, who doesn't use a printer for five years? I, I have one here that hasn't died. It's an HP print. Well, it's a laser. But my mm -hmm. God, I love that printer. And I swear I've had it for close to a decade. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had this one uh, for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I love it. 
Um, unfortunately, uh, the company does provide a Windows-only ink pad reset utility that will extend the life of the printer for a short period of time, but it can be used only once. And afterward, the hardware will either need to be officially serviced or completely replaced. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's so. That's, that's unfortunate. The, for seventy-five cents, they couldn't sell you the little ink pads, you know. And, right. And and send it to you. Just. Yeah. No, so. I know exactly. I mean, exactly. because it's enough to make you not want to buy another Epson, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, wow. Well. All right, but so they here's do another... say they do say the Echo Tank line of printers, even though it's a fairly new one, um, hopefully seem to be working for long periods of time. So yeah, okay. All right, so uh, another piece of great news is what apparently <laughs> the uh, this is the day for downer news is the IRS is hiring because of this new bill that's that's passing in Congress or hasn't quite passed but looks like it will pass they're planning to hire 88,000 more IRS agents what now, this is insane we don't do we have even that many people in the military I'm just yeah, yeah I, I mean I, <laughs> I yeah I suspect we do but still it's a lot of people that 88,000 people yeah. and of course <clears throat> The politicians, or I'm not picking on anybody, say, "Oh, we're not going to go over, uh, go bother anybody who makes less than four hundred thousand a year." Oh, okay. you kidding? <laughs> With you know, eighty-eight thousand agents? That's add-ons. That's eighty-eight thousand more. Right. I don't know how many they have now. I think they had. I think I read they had maybe forty-four thousand. So, I mean, how many people? I don't know what the number is of people that make over four hundred thousand dollars in this country, but. You know, let's say it's less than 120, I don't know, maybe it's more, 120,000 people. That means that you have your own personal IRS agent assigned to you if you make Right, over, to look over your shoulder. To look over, uh, yeah. Hey, Mark, don't do that. You can't take that off, you know. No, they this want you insane. to do that so they can get you on interest and fees. Oh, yeah, back. And, Oh, yeah. But you the and the tick, on the whole thing, if you go to jobs.irs.gov and you look for this job. Yeah. The job requirements originally listed, quote, a level of fitness necessary to effectively respond to life-threatening situations on the job. What? Right, right. And be willing to and able to participate in arrests, execution of search warrants, and other dangerous assignments. And it also included the requirement of carrying a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. What? I mean, yeah, you have to, re actually, you have to read this This thing. is the this IRS, folks. <laughs> yeah. Requirements include working a minimum of 50 hours per week, which may include irregular hours and be on call 24-7, including holidays and weekends, and carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. Well, I mean, if I didn't pay my taxes, they're going to knock down my door and shoot me? I mean, what? I don't know. I can't picture my account accountant yeah. fighting it out with, with yeah. the IRS guy and a couple of guns. You know, that's actually a great idea. It shouldn't be us as individuals that fight with the IRS physically. It should be our accountants, our CPAs, our tax preparers. Yeah, they, they're the ones that should fight it out. It's a great idea, Marcia. Now, so, supposedly, um, special agents in the CI team, whatever that is, are yeah. not new uh, to have being trained to handle guns, shotguns, and long guns. For right. years, agents are issued one handgun for their career, 
according to the Treasury inspector. So wait a minute. We're letting out 88,000 new people with handguns. Right. And the CI team focuses on crimes including identity theft, general tax fraud, cyber crimes, international crimes, and more. I don't know. Come, the kid living in his grandmother's house in, in downstairs who's doing identity theft, you're going to go in there guns blazing? Yeah, right. I, I, you know, you know there's, there used to be a thing they were called um, white-collar crimes, which basically oh, yeah. meant they were business crimes. Right. Nobody went to, like Martha Stewart. White collar crime is what it was called. Right. Um, but this is insane. And this, the Inflation Reduction Act that was just passed, yep. did this allocated $79.6 billion to the IRS over the next 10 years to enhance the agency. There you go. If you want there to really know how this works, there's an old TV show called The Untouchables. And it was the uh, agents of the, they were the FBI, wait, let's, let me think, were they the FBI in the old? Yeah, I think untouchables? so. I think it was the FBI and they would go out, guns a-blazing to, you know, to pick up criminals. So if you want to get a taste of what the IRS is now doing, find some old clips of the untouchables well, and Elliot Ness. If anybody's ever heard of Al Capone, who was oh, yeah. a huge heard his criminal. Name. Yeah. Heard his name. The only way they got him in the end was tax evasion. That's correct. That's so, right. So... Beware, guys. I mean, it creeps me out altogether. Yeah, you're not, you are not kidding. Um, okay, so there's been a lot of talk about, we, we, I think we talked last week about, uh, you know, uh, vehicle credits for your uh, Tesla or your electric vehicle. So, okay. uh, par- yeah, so how does this work? So I got, got the actual deets. So here you go. The new bill's electric vehicle provisions will go into effect for cars put into service after December 31st of this year. Okay. And it will stay in place through 2032. This is according to Consumer Reports. Right. For new electric vehicles, a $7,500 tax credit could be applied at the point of sale. Those who purchase EVs could be eligible for up to a 4000 dollars credit i don't i don't i don't know how they decide whether it's a tax credit or applied at the point of sale or you get seven thousand five i that doesn't say um i love these bills i love these bills they're passing because everything is like crazy um the car de- uh, manufacturers are really going crazy um because technically Electric cars are only supposed to get the existing tax credit, um, what, up to 200,000 vehicles? Yep. Now, which means Teslas or General Motors will not be eligible. So uh, there, before you run right out and get that EV, and, and then I thought to myself, well, I'll get a hybrid. Hybrid's a good idea. That right. way you have a yeah. teeny-weeny engine, because, you know, I, I don't know. But uh, some of those only go 50 miles on the gas-powered engine. Well, right. Uh, and uh, what's the point? And next to nothing on the electric? I really, I seriously considered an EV, and then I go, no, I want a car that if I want to jump in the car and run to Vegas or San Diego or somewhere like that, I want to be able to go. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. Well... I guess we'll see, huh? 
We'll see. Um, we'll no, see see right. where the money comes from too. All right. So there there are a lot of um, cheap phone plans. You know, everybody's looking for unlocked phones that are compatible with you know the the larger carriers and such. Um, and you want to make sure. You know, one of the things you want to make sure of is when you're looking for the the best cell phone plans is you regardless of the fact whether they may be cheaper. Make sure that their service is good. Because right. it you know it doesn't do you any good to get twelve dollars a month instead of sixty, but you can only talk on the phone a third of the time because the service is terrible. Um, well, you know, you talk about these uh, cell phone plans, these cheaper ones. A lot of them just lease space off of T-Mobile or AT and T or right. you know stuff like that. So I guess it works out financially for them. Well, best customer service is interesting, and I and I've never even heard it really. I've probably heard of it, but I don't know. Uh, the, in a survey that was done, Consumer Cellular for the past nine years, I think this was yeah, PC Magazine said that the reader the readers have chosen Consumer Cellular as their favorite carrier in regard to customer service. Okay, let uh, me just tell you something. So, in my last book, the Android book, mm -hmm. <laughs> I talked about Consumer Cellular. Uh, and then I didn't point them out. But the truth is, Consumer Cellular had a deal with the AARP. A lot of times you see these commercials, AARP members get blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah, that's not, the AARP hasn't blessed them. They pay for that. Yeah. And that can really help with their perception of how their customer service is to some people. Right. So in my book, I said, you know, be and I took a quote from one of those teeny tiny disclaimers, you know, that used to be, they don't do this anymore, but used to be on the bottom of their ads. Right. Just don't be misled because a lot no. of the, uh, it's bought. And, and I'm not saying that any particular award is bought, but yeah, um, some companies are hired to do surveys and they'll do five different surveys, and the company that paid, if they win one of them, they get that company's award. I'm yeah, not mentioning exactly. any names, but it, it's the truth. Yeah. Well, if you want free, there are actually a couple of free cell phone plans, but you're not going to get much out of them. Uh, Freedom Pop, free, 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 freemium? Freemium. I wrote about freemium. them. Freemium. Yeah, I think freemium. that's great. Freemium. I wrote about yeah. them. I think this is great. Yeah, they give you 10 minutes of phone calls, 10 text messages, 25 meg of high-speed data per month. Uh, you won't get 5G or other bells and whistles. But, you know, if you're connected to the Wi-Fi, which a lot of us are connected to Wi-Fi, and you want to make Wi-Fi calls, obviously, uh, that's not a bad way to do it. And then there's also one called Text Now Starter Plan. Uh, you get unlimited talk and text with no data, no data now, but uh, you still have to spend a buck up front for the activation kit, and uh, which includes a SIM card that you need to pay a buck for. So that's available to you if you want to do it. And then there's a number of services. So at the end of the day, because we're getting, we don't have a lot of time left in the show, uh, you want to start checking around. Don't just automatically go to, the, like I'm with Verizon, because I've been happy with them, but there's a lot of companies you can, you use T-Mobile, I think, Marsha. I so use T-Mobile, but I ha they have an over 50 plan. Okay. That you get two for 60 or $65, no taxes, no extras, yeah. no ups. And yeah. plus, I think, I think I even get one year free of AAA um, car wash. No, I don't know. It, co it comes with all kinds yeah. of stuff that I don't yeah. use. Yeah, there you go. All, I, I'm happy with their service. And the great thing with T-Mobile, 
and not a sponsor, but if you go overseas, T-Mobile is owned by Deutsche something or other. Okay. And they use the infrastructure in Europe to route calls, so you pretty much have free roaming all over Europe. Right. So that's go. a big savings if you travel. Okay. All right. A couple of we uh, a couple of quick stories here about your we previewed it about when your tech is going to die. So uh, there was an article that talks about, for example, the Amazon Fire HD eight tablet. Estimated how long it will die. Uh, they say as little as two to three years. Uh, Amazon would not disclose how many recharges it will take. Uh, when the battery dies, Amazon offers no battery replacement service. Uh, and, of course, if you try to do it yourself and replace it, good luck with that. Uh, and Apple battery... AirPods? Let's yeah. talk about Apple AirPods. Yeah. Um, they think they could die in two years. That's Apple crazy. won't say on recharges. Um, uh, Apple's battery service will only sell you a new battery for $49 per earbud. Yeah. Uh, and replacing the battery yourself is extremely difficult. So oh, that's tough on that. an AirPod. Yeah, um, I mean, the, but the there's Apple a place life. called the Swap oh, Club. The Swap Club will send you a refurbished set of uh, Apple iBud ear things for 60 bucks if you send them your old ones. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Also, uh, Apple iPhone, which is extremely expensive, uh, they estimate that it would be three years before your battery would fail. 500 charges cycles for 80% capacity. Uh, when the battery dies, this isn't so terrible considering you're talking about a phone that can be as high as twelve, thirteen hundred dollars. It's about sixty-nine uh, bucks to replace the battery, so that's not terrible. Um, and let's do one last one. Maybe we talk a little bit about uh, uh, TV. Well, the Bose. The let me talk about the Bose Q35 noise canceling headphones, okay. which yeah. are supposed to die in what five years. Just yeah, want you years. to know, you can still buy Bose noise canceling headphones. I don't know which ones that I have that still take little bitty batteries that you buy at CVS and they slip right into the headphone. And then you don't have to worry about battery charge cycles and yeah. it'll work forever until you drop it and step on it. Yeah, so that's go. just a tip for Bose noise canceling headphones. Yeah. All right, little TV talk. Uh, Hulu uh, has a new and classic TV for a relatively low price. Hulu announced a price increase for its standalone subscription starting October 10th. The ad-supported Hulu will now cost eight bucks a month, up from seven. Hulu without ads increases from thirteen to fifty. Uh, the Disney bundle, which includes Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus, will have four price tiers. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to start looking at these things because they're all raising prices. Disney Plus just raised their price by three bucks a month, or you have to watch ads. Um, so, this is what's going on all of a sudden. You know, there's rumors for years that Netflix was going to show no commercials, but recently they kind of backed off a little bit on that. So, we don't really know whether they're going to start charging you know, for services like that. But those are the latest. Things are going up in price. Uh, what are yeah, you watching and, these days? Well, and don't forget all our friends out there who love the Orville. It is yep. now on Disney Plus, And the future of the series hangs on whether you're going to watch it again on Disney+. Yeah. Plus, Because Disney is going to be counting the people who are down, downloading and watching it yep. as to whether they're going to finance a fourth season. Trust yep. me. And Mark, it's great sci-fi. Love You're the gonna show. You're going to want to watch it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, watching, yeah, I'm watching a show on Apple TV that came out a few months ago, and I guess I never noticed it, called Suspicion, which is a, a kind of a 
crazy story about five people that get involved in a kidnapping and they don't appear to be related to it in any way, shape, or form. I haven't finished it yet. I've seen about seven out of the maybe eight or nine episodes. That's worth a glance. And Blackbird on Apple TV is a terrific show, a true story about a serial killer and a kind of common criminal who gets thrown in prison with him with the idea that he can get out of prison if he finds out where the serial killer has buried all these bodies. So that's a not a fun cartoon or a, or a comedy show, but very entertaining. And that one's called Blackbird. Uh, you watching and for anything all else? mankind, for all mankind yeah. is still going and it's fabulous. And that's an alternative history story. Uh, what started originally that the Russians were the first to land on the moon. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's a great story and it's really well done. Yeah. I just watched a movie that you could probably pass on, which is too bad because I happen to like Kevin Bacon. Uh, called They Them, I think is the name, and it's purported to be kind of a horror film, more of a slasher film about a um, you know one of these re what do they call reassignment camps where if you're gay, your parents send you there, and then they try to you know convince you that you're not gay. And that was just a horrible, horrible story. Uh, that and these things are real though; they really do exist. There are these companies out there that try to get you to do that. So uh, so that's the latest that I've got, Marsha. I think what that wraps it up for us. That wraps it up for us, and say goodbye, Mark. All right, goodbye to everyone. Have a great week, and we will see you next weekend. This is Marsha Collier and Mark Cohen on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in Internet talk. Hit us up on Twitter, RealMarkCohen, at Marsha Collier, and we'll see you next week. Let us know what you'd like covered. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought.